0: to Just Ghouly, Ghouly Things. things. Ooh. Ooh. Hey, Boo Things, and welcome back to Just Ghouly Things, and we're your full hosts, Rebecca and Lily. Hey. Ooh. Oh, and I should mention, this is Quarantine Spooky Story Special, episode 36.
1: Wow. We're
0: getting up to 50. I mean, that's kind of scary, because that means that we've been, like, almost 50 days in uh, quarantine. Oh, my God. But... Yeah, I don't know. I just, like, I, I feel like it's, like, different in every state. Like, I feel yeah. like you look at some videos and people are, like, still out, not social distancing. Like, in, like, I don't know, like, in, like, middle America, sort of. Yeah. Um, but, like, over here, it's, like, you can't go in any store without a mask. It's, like, illegal. And then yeah. I guess, like, our governor started talking about, oh, um, like, I think that they're not even going to consider, they're not going to consider people going back to work until, like, May 20th or something like that like retail workers and like yeah. they're going to start like slowly bringing things back like not all at once which is smart but yeah, uh,
1: I won't, I, don't I think even... it's being handled well. I just hate the fact that handling it well means that we're in quarantine still. Exactly. That's how I feel too. But yeah. in the
0: meantime, that means that you guys get episodes every single day. So Yay! Hopefully that is a huge positive in your everyday life. And we are a part of your everyday routine because you guys are a part of our everyday routine now. So, um, you ready to go, Lily, your first story.
1: Yep. I am ready. This one is called some sort of fuckery going on in my apartment. (laughs) Perfect title (laughs) to
0: start the episode.
1: All right. First of all, sorry for any bad English, it's not my first or even second language. Recently, due to my mom giving birth to us and not being able to live with my aunt anymore, I'm 16, still living with my mom, we moved into the only apartment we could find that was cheap and big enough. This is on the other side of the country, three and a half hours away. The first night in my apartment, I slept in my mom's room, as my baby sister was only a few weeks old and my mom was finding it hard to sleep, so I slept with her. I woke up with sleep paralysis. There was a man. He was looking out the window. Everything was silent. I don't know if I expected there to be noise. He turned and looked at me. He didn't have hands. He just stared at me. After my mom woke up, she told me she'd had a similar experience, but with a woman. I've never had any insomnia or sleep paralysis or anything. After a few nights, I slept in my own room. At first, nothing happened. But then, after a few nights, I had sleep paralysis again. But this time, it seemed almost friendly. It was a woman, around 25 to 30, smiling. She looked like she was wearing a blue cardigan, white shirt, and light blue skirt. She was holding a bowl with a spoon out of it. I could smell cookies. Fast forward a few weeks, I'm in the apartment on my own for the first time. My mom had taken my sister to a doctor's appointment. I'm lying on the sofa with my cat, fast asleep on the end. I suddenly feel overwhelmed. There is a weird noise. I don't know how to describe it, like an eggshell cracking, maybe? I sit up and my cat's still asleep. I look over at my pet rat. She's asleep too. I hear a humming. At this point, I'm freaked the fuck out. Mm -hmm. My mom walks in and everything feels okay again. The next day, my mom gets sick. I sleep on the floor of her room again to make sure everything is okay. I have sleep paralysis again. And it's not a nice woman baking. It's the man but this time he sat in the corner where his hands should be there's blood just dripping it stays like that for a while Ooh. i haven't been in my mom's room since i just can't do it then i'm home alone again a few days later and i'm in my bed lying with my cat and i hear a laugh i just assume it's my neighbors downstairs or across from me i'm on the top floor i hear a thud against the wall followed by more laughter I shut my door, and I don't leave until my mom gets back. I'm not dealing with that shit. Facts. Not at all. <laughs> when my mom gets back, I hear her shout, oh, my God, in our native language, of course. And then she says, I'm sorry, but your rat has died. Oh, what? God. At this point, I leave my room. She says, has he been out here since you last saw him alive? No, my, rat, my cat's been sleeping with me since... My cat's been sleeping with me since I went into my room. I only came out of my room to feed the rat. She's lying in the middle of the cage, a small, or he's lying, sorry, a small, in the middle of her cage, a small cut against his head. Oh my God. I wasn't going to say anything on Reddit, but tonight I decided, fuck it. It's currently midnight and I'm fucked up. I keep hearing shit. (laughs) I keep thinking about whatever the fuck is haunting my house, killing my rat, Last night, I kept waking up to weird kitchen sounds, knives chopping, my loud-ass oven turning on, the kettle boiling, but every time I go into my kitchen, it just stops, and there's nothing. I've tried fucking unplugging my coffee machine and kettle, and I keep on hearing shit. The end. Oh, my God.
0: And, like, the fact that the rat had a little cut on its head, what was it doing, like, bashing its head into the cage? Like, was it, like, what, what's going on?
1: did the no hand man possess it did the no hand man hurt it yeah
0: it's like sending a message or something when like there's dead animals that's like a bad omen right
1: yeah spooky kooky kooky. creepy don't like it
0: oh that's a dark way to start off the episode (laughs) sorry all right no it was a good way though okay so my next story is titled i'm a corrections officer at a haunted hotel a haunted hotel haunted jail Oh my God, there are not correction officers in hotels unless they're on vacation. Okay. All right. I'm a corrections officer at a county jail in northwest Alabama. I work a 12 hour night shift from 1,800 to 0,600, 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Most nights are calm, but nothing much happens between 10 p.m. and 5 a.m. And other nights, you're moving nonstop, and police officers are constantly bringing people in. You have a lot of DUIs and junkies on weekends, and then anything from an FTA to the occasional murder throughout the regular work week. Anyways, like I said, most nights are calm, meaning that hours feel like days, and sometimes a single shift can make you feel like you've been there for weeks. But sometimes those calm nights are really not all that calm. We have two holding cells in the front of the jail used to house inmates that have recently been been recently booked in and are waiting to see the nurse for screening before going to Gen Pop. That's general population. Uh, We have another room up front that we call the pink room. Due to the walls and ceilings being painted a hot pink color because a former sheriff thought hot pink was a calming color... Everyone hates this room. (laughs) Okay. This is our drunk tank equipped with a camera for observation and a flushable drain in the floor for any liquids that might come out of person, if you know what I mean. One night after lights out when everyone was asleep, I heard a loud bang in one of the holding cells like someone was hitting or kicking the door, which would have been a normal noise if anyone had been inside one of them. But my partner and I had moved everyone out of the two holding cells just a few hours ago and no one else had come in that night. I thought it had might been the guy... uh, We were, uh, wait, I thought it had been, might have been the guy we were keeping in the pink room for medical observation. But when I looked over at the monitor for the camera in there, he was sound asleep on his mat in the floor. I went over to the doors of the holding cells to investigate. I looked at the heavy curtains on the windows so I could see each one, but there was no sign of anything. I figured I was just hearing things since the noise was so commonly heard at all times of the day or night. I went back over to my desk and sat down. It was about o two four five when I heard the, that noise. It was completely silent until about three o five. I uh, I started hearing the noise it makes when a door is unlocked from the control room. From the control room, you can unlock or open any door in the facility, except for like three. You need an actual key for. There's a door right behind the desk I sit at that leads to the kitchen and the RAC. Uh, The rec yard, R-E-C. Oh, my God. I'm losing my mind. (laughs) That that was the door that sounded like it was unlocked. I radioed my partner, who was in the control room, and asked if she had unlocked this door. She said that she hadn't touched the computer since I asked her to let me outside and vape. Like two hours ago, again I thought it was a common noise to be heard. The silence is playing tricks on me, but I heard it again. Except this time, it sounded like the front door. I looked over at the monitors for the front door and saw nothing. But on the monitor for the pink room, I could see the screen starting to get fuzzy, like static. Then it went completely blank for a few seconds. When the camera came back on, the inmate was sleeping in the same spot, but everything he had in there with him. Um, his cup, shoes, blanket was scattered across the whole room. I would have heard him moving and throwing things, but it was completely quiet for those few seconds. The camera went black. After that, I decided I didn't want to be alone anymore. I went up to the control room with my partner and started telling her what was going on. After I told her about the doors unlocking and locking, and about the guy stuff in the pink room, she just laughed and said, "Must have been Christine." My partner has been working here for five years now. She told me that Christine was an inmate that had died in the old jail next door, and. That the reason she haunts this jail is because the buildings are connected. She told me about numerous things that have happened while she was on shift, including actual sightings of the ghost she calls Christine. She said that Christine has gray, da- uh, gray hair down to her shoulders, wearing a white nightgown. She mm-hmm. also, Of course, the white nightgown, right? She also said that Christine can be seen walking down hallways on cameras, inside the cells, with her hands on the bars, looking through them, and sometimes you can see her face from the windows outside. Yeah. Ooh.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was thinking, imagine like you commit a crime, you're sentenced to jail time and you get there and you find out that not only are you sentenced to jail time, but the jail you're in is haunted. Just torture on top of torture. Yeah.
0: And then I could only imagine this guy that's sitting in this like drunk tank. This, first of all, this hot ass pink room, already fucked up just laying there then he's gonna wake up and all his shit's gonna be scattered he's gonna be like what the fuck is going on here I was just sleeping and all my shit's all over the place he's gonna think he's losing his mind but really it's the (laughs) ghost fucking with him
1: what's the ghost name Christine Christine yeah way to go Christine you little troublemaker gotta keep everyone
0: on top of their uh, on top of their feet you know
1: yeah just gotta
0: keep them gotta keep them extra sharp
1: (laughs) okay so this one is good. This one, it's kind of long, but it is called Why the Affinity to Bathrooms? Facts. I know, right? So I have been noticing this in my experiences, but I'm not sure if it's just coincidences or if there's reason for it. A bit of background. I've had paranormal experiences all my life. I've been to fortune tellers and other spiritual healers and scholars to eliminate the possibility of me being followed by something. I just have the luck to end up very often in a place that has activity as in moving into a house with ghosts in it or a friend moving into one and asking me for advice or sharing their spooky stories. And most of the time it's all somehow related to the bathroom of the house. Yes. Listing some examples. If you guys want the full story, I can elaborate in the comments. Please know the, all these, uh, that these items all happened in different locations. One, Saw a light brown silhouette, like a colored shadow, staring at me from the hallway. Really bad vibes, exactly in front of the door, bathroom door. I was 15 years old. I ran outside, very scared, and my dog saw me crying and just piled on me. I have five big dogs. They were trying to get on my lap all at the same time, maybe because they saw me crying or sad and wanted to help me, or because they were trying to protect me, or maybe both. Two, got my hair pulled by nothing in the bathroom of a place I lived, 20 years old at the time. 3. In an apartment I lived in with four other people, I had lots of electrical problems in the bathroom. We all joked that we had a pet ghost or a fifth roommate because it was undeniable to all the people that lived there, each one with different levels of skepticism, that there was a non-aggressive, just sort of annoying and lonely presence there. We used to feel we used to all feel stared at by something in the hallway. 4. Still in the fifth roommate apartment, my boyfriend that lived there before me we used to dream with the house. Used to dream with the house that he was looking at the hallway from his bed and saw a pair of hands coming out of the bathroom, as if someone was grabbing the border of the door and peeking out of it. In this apartment I have a lot of stories and stuff that happened, could make a whole post about it. We even kind of figured out who the ghost might have been. Five. A friend of mine had someone whisper into her ear in the bathroom. She even felt the warm breath on her ear six, I lived in an actively haunted house when I was little, eight, maybe nine years old, where stuff caught on fire out of nowhere, and the TV used to turn on by itself in the middle of the night. And for some reason, I have absolutely no memory of that house's bathroom, Mm. like where I'm pretty sure in my mind, even if it doesn't make sense, that the house didn't have a bathroom. Maybe a traumatic memory has been blocked. Number seven, and the last one heard some kind of clicking noise in the shower, went outside, called my dogs to come with me to check it out because I was home alone and a bit anxious about the previous ghost experiences. All my five dogs got in front of me and charged into the bathroom before me and stayed there for a while, sniffing and just hanging around there, all five of them. This one, I think, might have been some kind of animal, like a rat or bird, because this happened in a house that was in the woods, and that's maybe why the dogs just ran in there and kept sniffing like crazy before I even even showed them where to go. I have had some other experiences not bathroom-related, but most of them seem to have this in common. What do you guys think? I think that it could be a good topic of conversation and wanted to hear from actual experts slash enthusiasts slash scholars on the subject. Does it have something to do with the water, the rituals we have in it? showering, washing, cleansing rituals, the energetic charge of a bathroom. It's the place where we are usually the most alone in the house, maybe where we go to feel vulnerable. What do you think? This has always bugged me.
0: Well, I think she brings up a good, a few good points in the fact that you know water is definitely a catalyst for energy and spirits. Um, mm-hmm.
1: And, and that, also, that makes sense. I also like what you said about bathroom mirrors being a portal.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. I think... I think that I think it's the combination of all of those things that we have as mm-hmm. theories that um, that can you know bring bring a spirit into um, a higher energy to make themselves noticeable. I think yeah. that the combination of all those definitely is why we notice there's more um, there's more bathroom stories um, yeah. But yeah, I think, and I also think, too, that that vulnerability, and we see it all in Hollywood of, like, a lot of, you know, the serial killers or ghosts, you know, you're in the shower by yourself, and, you know, la-di-da-di-da, but you're still thinking in the back of your head, <laughs> oh, there's something going on, I sense something, because that's just, like, that's just kind of, like, what pop culture and, like, Hollywood has made us think, is, like, there's always something looking at us when we're by ourselves. So I think that yeah. it's also, like, a psychological element, too, why we, uh, like, why we experience these things in bathrooms, so.
1: Definitely. Yeah, no, there's, there's the, the pattern is interesting, and I thought it was funny that someone else noticed it, too. Yeah. I thought it was just us. We, yeah, we literally
0: talk about practically every single episode. It's just like the woman in yeah. white, you know? Now it's just bathroom yeah. stories. So, um, speaking of childhood experiences, I have one titled, My Childhood Recurring Nightmare Has Begun Again. So, I'm 19 years old and currently a sophomore in college. Basically, to cut to the chase, I used to have a recurring nightmare when I was about 9 to 12 years old. This nightmare would consist of myself and a 100 or so other kids my age gathered around a large parking lot outside of what seemed to be either an apartment complex or a set of motel rooms. The next thing that parents, uh, that happens is our parents all come up to us, say hi, and wish us good luck. I am always able to look out and see my friends among the crowd gathering with their family and exchanging hugs and what have you. After this, our parents leave and you feel a sense of panic and fear wash over you. This is where the dream takes a turn. Basically, myself and the other kids are being forced to survive the night against a monster-slash-creature which takes the shape of a person, you know. Um, each kid has a specific monster which goes for him, and while I'm able to see the other monsters attacking and killing the other kids, each monster oh appears to yeah each monster appears to be assigned one kid and does not harm anyone else. As a child when I first began to have this dream, I would spend the entire night watching in fear waiting for the creature assigned to me to approach. I would witness countless friends of mine getting attacked by their monsters, but for the first couple of times, I had the dream nothing ever happened for me. Um, Then, finally, one night, while having the dream, I noticed across the way a shadowy figure walking slowly in my direction. They walked past the other kids seemingly uninterested in every other person. A feeling I can only describe as deeply sickening and and utterly gut-wrenching inflicted me immediately. I awoke no more than three to five seconds after seeing this figure, and for the next three years, I would have this dream regularly enough to realize as soon as it began where I was and what to expect." However, in the subsequent dreams, after my first encounter with the figure, the creature was no longer a faceless, unidentable shape, but instead a person that I recognized each time. Um, I took the shape of family, friends, coaches, teammates, classmates, teachers, etc., and every time the same feeling of unease and overwhelmingness, overwhelming sickness overcame me. I would just stand there as if, it would approach from a distance. However, I stopped having this dream when I was around 12, as I had previously mentioned. The thing is last night I had that dream again. It was just as vivid and as instantly recognizable as it had been when I was a child. The only problem is this time around the creature, who had been taking who had been taking the shape of one of my childhood friends' moms, had gotten within maybe 5 to 10 feet of me. This is undoubtedly the closest it's ever been to me in any dream by a very large margin. It felt evil. It felt like it was so close it could have grabbed me right then and there. I woke up utterly terrified and very shaken from the nightmare. I worry this thing stalking me in this dream isn't of this world and I seriously fear that for whatever reason something has allowed it to get closer to me. I don't know what sparked this dream to happen for the length of this. I'm not a great storyteller and I'm writing this in the middle of the night. Anyway, thanks for reading this if you made it this far.
1: Oh, I feel bad. Yeah. This person thought that they were completely rid of this horrific nightmare, and now it's coming back to them.
0: That's so traumatizing because you feel like you're done. This person clearly, the fact that she remembers these dreams, nightmares, as vividly as she or he did from 9 to 12 years old, um, and now being, you know, 20 years old and 19 years old and still remembering it like it was yesterday, there clearly has to be, you know something attached to her in a sense that like there's like a message being sent mm-hmm. to her um unfortunately it's in a really scary traumatizing way but um i i know like i think we've talked about people having recurring dreams and you mm-hmm. know i've i used to have a recurring dream not like scary like that my dad's had them um and it definitely seems like psychological based like when you're in like really high stress situations yeah. and you get these dreams because they're kind of In a way, they're forming the thoughts that you have about the current situation you're in. Mm -hmm. Um, Like my dad, I think I've talked about in the episode, he for a while, ever since he was little, used to have a dream that he would go into a basement and it was pitch black and he knew that there was something down there, but he didn't know exactly what it was. And he would scream like, I know you're down there, get up here, or blah, 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 show yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, he never saw it, never saw it, never saw it and then when he moved into our hometown house and um, he was older he had me and stuff he was started to have those dreams again but this time it was in like our basement and i guess the final dream mm-hmm. was he finally saw this thing or it was like a black mass or something and he like ended up going after it and like tackling it or killing mm-hmm. it or whatever it was i i can't you know verbatim say what it was but then after that dream he's never had that dream ever since so it's kind of like he had to like conquer Soldier. this yeah, so yeah. maybe there's something about this where you know if she realizes this is a dream and she has control over her dreams and she can defeat this thing that seems to be killing other things and children in the in the dream, maybe these this horrible nightmare will be over for her
1: yeah hopefully I hope so yeah
0: I wouldn't wish it on anybody that's horrible
1: yeah, okay. So my next one is called A Sinister Smile. Ooh, okay. This post is 100% true. To this day, I have no idea what the thing was or what it wanted, but I never got want to see it again. When I was around eight years old, my mother, brother, and I had just moved into a small house on the edge of town. It was a cozy little home. To me, it was peaceful in the beginning. One night, while my brother was staying at a friend's house, my mother and I had just finished up dinner. I had gone outside to feed our outdoor cat on the front porch. After I came back inside the house, I looked straight ahead, which led down the hallway, which was a little dark. All of the lights in the kitchen, the living room, the dining room were on, except for the hallway, which was dimly lit due to the other lights being on in the house. Then I saw it. What I saw appeared to be walking out of our laundry room in the hallway. It wore what looked like a very long and dark hooded cloak. Ooh. Yeah. It had some sort of a tall-looking axe. It walked slowly. I stood there frozen and unable to move or speak. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. This thing just stopped walking. It just stood there looking straight ahead where my brother's bedroom was. Then it slowly began to turn its head sideways so it could reveal its face to me. I swear to you, I could hear my heartbeat in my ears. I could feel my breathing increase, but my legs wouldn't move. It was like my legs had become completely frozen to the floor. All I could do was stand there and stare in complete fear. It had the face of a skull. Where eyes should normally be, unimaginably black sockets. Where eyes should normally be, unimaginably black sockets were. This was a blackness I had never seen before. It had the most evil, malevolent, twisted smile on its face. Its expression was sinister, and its smile stayed on its face like it found humor in the horrified expression on my face. It stared right at me. All I could stare. All I could stare back with was wide tearfold eyes Ugh. slowly it turned its head looking straight forward to my brother's bedroom once again and made its way into my brother's room no as, as i realized it was no longer in sight i began screaming and sobbing in complete horror and shock at what i had just seen i had never seen something like that before i was a child I ran to my mother, who I remember tried her best to comfort me as I tried to explain to her what I had just seen. A few months after the incident of what I had witnessed, I was so terrified of what I had seen that I refused to walk down the hallway by myself for quite a while because I was terrified that I might see it again. I had to go to counseling because I couldn't get that image of its sinister expression and twisted smile out of my mind. About a year after the incident, dark and evil paranormal occurrences began to happen in that house. I'm 22 years old now. I never saw that thing again and I hope that I never do see it again. We no longer live in that house anymore, but I'll never be able to get that sinister expression it had out of my mind. Oh. Yeah. That's,
0: that's horrifying. What like it sounds was the like point the Grim Reaper. Yes, that's exactly what I thought as soon as you said the black cloak and the little axe
1: thing. And the made. axe. Yeah. Oh and the fact yeah, that he's going to your brother's skeleton room? for a face.
0: Yeah, that's just the quintessential image of the Grim Reaper.
1: Good thing his brother was at a friend's house. Y-
0: yeah, right? Yeah.
1: What could a- oh, What if my- his brother had been, you know, this this story makes you wonder what if.
0: Yeah. Mm. I don't like that. I don't like that story. <clears throat> your your sto- your stories are fucked up today, Lily. My stories Lily. are
1: dark today. Yeah, sorry, seriously.
0: Guys. Okay. My next story is titled Heard my husband's voice, but it wasn't him. This was about two weeks ago. I recently got laid off of my job due to the pandemic, but my husband is an essential worker, so he still has to go in every morning. It was around 3 p.m. in the afternoon, and I was cleaning our kitchen and doing dishes. He usually doesn't get home until 5.30, 6 p.m. every night. I was alone and wiping down our counters when I heard my husband calling my name downstairs. I immediately stopped and looked down at the staircase across from my kitchen. Then immediately after hearing what I thought was him, I watched my cats run over to our stairway and jump up onto our banister and look down towards the door to the garage like they always do when he gets home from work. So I thought he may have just been getting home early, then quickly realized I never heard our garage opening or his, door, or his car door shutting. My cats were still perched there and seemed like they were awaiting him still. Then they both looked at me simultaneously with confusion. Then I responded back with his name in a hmm. questionable tone. There was no answer. That's when danger entered my mind. I immediately grabbed our pistol with safety still on, just in case it, it were really my husband. Couldn't be too sure it wasn't. Then again, I called out, hello, who is down there? I am armed. Still as silent as it was when I was peacefully cleaning. Then I called my husband and he answers and he could tell, me something, he could tell something was wrong, even just hearing my voice before I explained what had happened. I asked him if he made it home and he said, no, babe, I'm still at work. He always likes to prank me, and I thought maybe this may have been one of those times. I told him... Tell me you're joking right now. I have the gun in my hand. If you're not come, if you're not home, something just said my name and it sounded just like your voice. He hung up the phone with me and called me back on FaceTime so I could see that he still was in fact at work. So now oh, I'm thinking shit. someone might be in the house. I checked every room and the windows and doors, all untouched. Then I began questioning if I was just hearing things. But the fact my cats reacted the same time I did is reassurance that I'm not crazy. I think they heard it just as I did. Haven't heard the voice since. Yeah. So clearly like a very, um, typical doppelganger situation right here. Um, I, yeah, but it just makes you wonder like, why, why is, why are they calling the name? Um, is it trying to entice them into a room of some sort? I would get
1: out of that. I wouldn't stay if, if, if that happened to me. Right. And I thought I heard someone and I was home alone. And I and then I thought someone maybe broke in. I would take my, they said two cats? Yeah. Yeah, I would take the two cats and I would go and I would sit on the front stoop huh. until my husband got home. Yeah, And be like, you go in there because I'm not going in there because it's either a robber or a ghost. And I don't like either, either of those of them. options. Yeah.
0: And the fact that the cats reacted yeah. as if they're, you know, during their everyday routine of waiting for the, the husband to come home and to greet him on the, on the banister. And
1: yeah. they
0: both were like, what the fuck? Like, we heard him too. What's
1: going on here? <laughs> Pick you see <laughs> This is spooky, kooky, and It's spooky, kooky, okey. It is. Okay. My next story is called My UFO Sighting.
0: Oh, okay. We haven't had a good UFO story in a while.
1: I know, right? I figured it was about time. I provide. What can I say? <laughs> All right. It was about three years ago at this point. I was walking home from my friend's house, which wasn't very far, maybe about a 20 to 35-minute walk. My brother Jamie came to collect me. I was 17. I was only 12 that night. What?
0: He was only 12 at the time?
1: It says, okay, it says, my brother Jamie came to collect me, 17. I was only 12. Oh, so I guess Jamie's 17. (laughs) Okay, got it. My brother Jamie, who was 17, came to collect me, who I was only 12. That night it got dark really, sorry, this is oddly worded. That night it got really dark really quick. I was never the kind to believe in the supernatural until this night. It was about 9.30, and we just left my friend's house. When you leave her neighborhood, there is a big field, and no one was ever really passing by it. It was a quiet town. As we took our first 10 steps, I would say, I couldn't shake the feeling off that something was off about that night. At this point, it was about pitch black, so we decided to hurry up and try to get home as soon as possible. We were walking for about five minutes until we heard a whirring-like sound from above us. I looked up and saw a round, but slightly flat, saucer-shaped aircraft. I'm not even lying. We were shook. The aircraft had a light that lit up the field ever so slightly. We decided to run, and we ran all the way home until the light of the aircraft and the whirring sound was no longer in our senses. I will forever remember that night as the night I possibly could have seen a UFO. Does anyone know what this could have been? I'm still a skeptic on believing it's a UFO. I think it was a UFO.
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I think people think of UFOs and they automatically think aliens and this and that, but it's an unidentified flying object. So it could be so many different things. It's not, like, we can't identify it. It's not a typical, like, uh, it's not a plane. It's not a jet. It's not a helicopter. It's not a typical, like. um, Not a blimp. Yeah. So definitely, definitely something that is a paranormal experience for sure. Yeah
1: no sure. i think it was i think it was a ufo especially with the whirring sound and the light yeah like that's, that's spooky kooky ooky.
0: i think i think most of us can clearly identify when it's like a it's a flying object that is mm-hmm. a part of like our everyday use or something that we see all the time yeah. um so yeah that's a really really weird experience okay
1: my next story is titled yeah, it's easy to, yeah. i'm sorry what were you saying? Sorry. No, no, no. Sorry, you're just a little delayed. Oh. You were freezing, so you'll be like, Err, ooh, eh, ooh, and then you'll talk really fast, and then it's caught up. It's weird. Oh,
0: something is in the middle of our wavelength.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: okay. Okay. Sorry. Continue. Google Home sent a ghost's message to me. Ooh. Yes. Hi. I'm freaking out. Long story short, <laughs> I've had sleep paralysis and lucid dreams my whole life, so I'm very familiar with them. Lately, I've been getting painfully tormented in my sleep paralysis, but eventually, I'll see my cat looking up at me, and then I'll instantly snap out of it. After I got a cat, it helped me cope a lot at night. One recent paralysis, I see my cat getting lifted in the air, and I grab her and tell the ghost to leave my cat alone and take take it out on me instead. I end up in pain and screaming. I've had multiple oh, occasions God. like this. Yeah, this is really fucked up. I've had a feeling that there's been a girl visiting me lately. One instance I got a telepathic message when I was asleep and was told to remember the numbers 3.14 for the ghost. I remember it because it's the same as pi. I wake up and before I can open my eyes, I have a strong urgency to tell the number to the person in front of me. I fully wake up and check the time. It's 3:14. Just now, I was on the phone with my boyfriend. Oh. He, uh-huh. He asks Google Home something unrelated and instead of the song In My Room by Insane Clown Posse starts playing. Neither of us have ever listened to them nor have their songs ever played on our Spotify accounts before. The lyrics are about a ghost girl in a room who haunts a guy who falls in love with her. The ghost doesn't like his cat so he ends up killing the cat for her. I don't want to go back and paste the lyrics because there's... No way, this is all a coincidence. To me, it seems like the ghost is angry that my cat helps me sleep better at night. I can't get over how perfectly the song describes my current situation, and I swear I'm not making any of this up. I haven't been able to sleep properly and thought I could get proper sleep tonight, but I guess not. Weird. Weird. That the fact that 314 was significant wakes up at 314... Then, uh, then yeah. the scenario she just had that same night is the exact thing that played on her Google Home of a song that, like, is perfectly parallel to the situation she's in. That's, like, too coincidental. But um, if you guys want to look up the song, it's titled In My Room by Insane Clown Posse. Have you ever heard of these this
1: band? I wonder. I want. Huh?
0: Have you ever heard of Insane Clown Posse? I have. Have you? I've never heard of them before. Have you ever
1: heard of Juggalos?
0: No, I don't think so. I need to look up. I feel like these people are probably crazy-looking, insane. Clown. They
1: are interesting. Okay,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would not um, want to see them in the middle of the night.
1: Nope. No. Nope, never. There was a um. What what was it? Uh, I I wonder what the history is of the building that um this girl lives in. If there was like someone who died there, maybe or something. Yeah.
0: Well, okay. Oh, so Juggalo is a fan of the group and seeing Clown Posse yeah. or any other.
1: Uh... Imagine seeing a Juggalo in the middle of the night. That's terrifying. Clowns in
0: general scare me. So anyone with clown makeup, I automatically am scared of you and want nothing to do with you.
1: Scaring Rebecca one on one, just be a clown. I'm
0: a clown. And scaring Lily one on one, just dress like a bird and you're fine. <laughs>
1: I'm telling you, birds are bad news. They are bad news. Did then, you see that thing that was like the government ordered us all inside so they could change the batteries in the pigeons? Yes,
0: yes, I saw that. And you know, it's so funny you say that, and I—you just reminded me of that. I literally thought of you, and I thought that you totally believe in that like theory <laughs> of like the pigeons being like the what is it that the electric poles are their charging stations or something? Yes. <laughs> Nothing good comes from birds. You heard it from Lily first. So if any, if, any shit hits first, the, folks. if any shit hits the fan and it involves birds, Willie's the one that told you first.
1: <laughs> Don't say I didn't warn you guys. Okay. So my last story is called Abandoned Prison, and this one's really short, but it was pretty good. Ooh, okay. Last year I went with a friend of mine that's a cop to an abandoned prison. It was an older prison, had like 50 man cells and stuff. He told me lots of people were either killed there or committed suicide there. We walk in and walk around, and we get to the middle of the prison, which is the cafeteria area. I, I was overwhelmed with sadness and emotion and didn't understand why. I told him this, this, and he shrugged it off. We left, and he asked if I watched Ghost Adventures, and I said, rarely. When they did an episode on that exact prison, an episode I had never seen, and one of the guys, one of the guys had the same experience that I did when I got really emotional and sad. He said almost verbatim how I described I felt while in the prison. Probably Aaron. For him to have, yeah, probably. For him to have felt the same way I did, it, it, I don't know, it's just spooky to me. It gave me the heebie-jeebies. Probably Aaron, like, bro, I'm so sad right now and I don't even know why, bro.
0: Give me the folk out of here, man. Give me the fuck out of here.
1: <laughs> I thought that was a cute little one because they talked about Ghost of <laughs> Yeah. I like that one. Yeah, and you're right. Like, what are the odds that they go and in this exact same spot, they feel the exact same thing from a show that he's never felt? So it can't even be like a, I don't know, like a placebo or something trying to convince him that because he had no, he didn't even know it was a thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's just more validation for, you know, hopefully someone at Ghost Adventures or, or just people that have been doing research on that place You know, they could take these accounts and they realize they can, like, line them up and be like, all right, so in this specific spot, this is what people are feeling. It's – there's way too much of a coincidence to just be, you know, just a coincidence. It has to be something more to this. So uh, that's really interesting, short and sweet. So mine is quite the contrary. It's quite long, but it – from what I kind of skimmed through, it's pretty interesting. So it's titled, My Childhood House is Haunted, Here are My Experiences. So it starts off with the house. Okay, so I'll start with giving you some background information on the house, its history, etc. It's a big house in the countryside of Salisbury, England. The house has three floors. You enter on the second floor, which has an office, living room, dining room, kitchen, balcony, and bathroom. The third floor has five bedrooms, one of which has its own walk-in wardrobe and a bathroom, and two uh, has a bathroom and then two other bathrooms. The ground floor has two bedrooms, two bathrooms, and a gym room. The house has a very big garden with very little forest at the bottom, which leads to a field and then another forest. So it's a pretty massive house. From what I've been told, the family that lived there before us moved out because of an accident involving the father and son. They were doing garden, doing some construction work uh, using a cement mixer. They turned in for the night. It rained heavily. And the next day, they go out to carry on with the work. The son's sorting out the cement mixer when he's electrocuted by the power cable. His dad obviously tried to help him and ended up getting a mild shock. The son was badly electrocuted and died before the emergency services reached him. We're in the middle of nowhere, so it would have taken them at least 15 minutes to drive out there from the nearest hospital. So their son died, and they understood and understandably moved out. We moved in. My parents were told the events that caused the previous owners to leave, and they didn't tell me until I was around 13. So that's backstory on what could possibly be haunting this house, right? So Mm -hmm. this is my first experience. Moving forward to when I started experiencing things in the house... I was young, probably eight or nine, so I didn't really take much notice of things happening. I thought it was just my imagination. I was also too young to know that my mom had strong beliefs in the paranormal and believed something was in the house. My dad is a man of science, so he didn't like the unexplained, and as a result, he ignores anything he can't explain. My mom sometimes had to be in the house alone with us kids, there were four of us, because my dad would go on business trips for work. She decided to buy a Doberman to make her feel more secure. My first notable experience involves our dog, Luca. I had a friend over for after school one day let's call her Rachel and we were on the trampoline at the bottom of the garden near where the boy died we didn't expect to unknowingly see a spirit so we're playing jumping around when Rachel looks behind me at something Rachel what's that me what I turn around to look Rachel, oh my god, it's a man. At this point we're in, yeah, at this point we're in hysterics. We're both seeing the same thing, a black silhouette of a man standing by the oak tree. At this age I didn't know about the boy that died just a few meters from where this figure was, but it makes sense now. We were freaked out. We ran back to the house, passed the figure that was still there, and tried to tell my parents through our crying what we had seen. They didn't believe us, obviously. They jokingly suggested bringing Luca onto the balcony to see if he senses anything. Dad, if he barks, then we believe you, okay? Well, Luca barked. He barked directly at that tree. This was not reassuring in the slightest. This is not reassuring in the slightest. It was nightmare fuel for sure. This was my first memorable experience at the house, and it wouldn't be the last. The next one is titled, He Was Watching Me. After that experience, it was a few years before anything else memorable happened, although throughout the years, I'm still aware that something was in the house. I'll just describe I'll just quickly describe my room to you because like every child, I would rearrange my room every so often, moving the bed to a different position, etc. My room was a basic square, four wall arrangement. As you walk in, the right wall is just a built is just a built-in furniture, wardrobe, desk, and two shelves. The opposite wall to the door has a window overlooking the garden. At this point in time my bed was parallel to the window wall, so if I was laying on my right side in bed, I would be facing the door. At around age 11 or 12, I had a large interest in reading. Every night before I went to sleep, I would read a book until I eventually nodded off with the book in my hand. My experience started when some nights I would feel like I was being watched. I thought I was just being paranoid, so I usually ignored it. However, it evolved to the point where I would start seeing a figure standing in my doorway while I read. If I looked directly oh, at God. it, yeah, if I looked directly at it, it would disappear, but eventually, I was always seeing this figure just above the page I was reading, just standing there watching me. I came to get used to this. It didn't feel threatening anymore, and I would often say hello so they knew I could see them and it was okay for them staying there. I think part of me was just happy for the company. After my parents' divorce, I essentially went from being surrounded by five people and a dog to only having my dad to talk to. I wanted to reach out to the spirit my childhood self wanted a friend. Oh, the only time the spirit made me uncomfortable. Yeah, the only time the spirit made me uncomfortable at this point in time was when I started seeing him. It looked like a man while I was showering. I didn't feel like he was invading my privacy. It was more that I felt more vulnerable in that situation. As a child, I would use my dad's shower because it was much nicer than mine. It was a walk in shower, and I would keep the bathroom door open because I had a fear of being shut in with something. This was the same with my bedroom door. While you're in that shower and the bathroom door open, you can see the bed. I start seeing him stand at the end of the bed while I was in the shower. Because I felt more vulnerable, I would always keep my eyes locked onto him during these situations. But deep down, I felt more than anything that he just wanted to reach out, that he wanted some sort of help. This kept on happening until I got over my fear of being trapped in my room with something and started sleeping with the door slightly open. I had cats, so I didn't want to shut them out. The next encounter, he wants us to know he's there. First of all, I'm going to go all the way back to when my parents were still together now. My mom would sunbathe outside in the summer. One day, she's out there sunbathing, and us kids come out and ask her if we, have, if we can have some ice cream. She says yes, So we go back indoors, but that's not what she thought happened. According to her, shortly after we went inside, she heard someone say her name behind her, only to turn around and see nobody there. Apparently, the voice was gentle, almost a whisper. She was persuaded that it was one of us trying to scare her, but we were all inside indoors eating our ice cream. Flash forward between the time of those experiences, of me being watched, and the next big experience, there were a lot of little unexplained things that would happen around the house. My stepmom had moved in, and she agreed that something was in the house. But my dad is a science man, he has a physics degree, and he doesn't believe in anything paranormal or supernatural. Even though it's true, he'll never admit that he doesn't like anything to be unexplained, so he just shrugs it off. One of the strangest things my stepmom experienced happened while she was home alone. She went a bit extreme with trying to suss it, suss it out, but we'll get to that. She was in the house on her own, dad was on a business trip, and I was at my mom's house. According to her, she was in the living room when she heard a man cough from somewhere in the house. Obviously, this freaked her out as she told my dad when she got when he got home. When I say she went extreme with trying to suss it out, I don't mean with whether it happened. She knows what she heard, so naturally she got my dad to cough in every room of the house so she could trace <laughs> which room it happened from. Every single room. There are 18 rooms in that house and that's not including hallways and, and and toilets. Even after that, she couldn't completely decide where exactly it came from, but she thinks it might have come from one of the far downstairs rooms. The living room is on the middle floor. Like any family, we have guests stay over every so often. My stepmom's sister and her daughter had come over to stay for a few nights. They were given the closest room downstairs. You walk down the stairs from the middle floor and the room is directly there. Apparently, my stepmom's sister had some psychic ability. She is a journalist situated in London and has had a lot of experience while interviewing people. Anyway, after her stay, she told us that when she was in the room, she could feel someone watching her through the windows. These windows are actually doors, but they're full length, so it's more of a window than door. She described it as a young man and told us it wasn't threatening, but rather sad. If this was a relief for my stepmom and I. Someone else who didn't live at the house experienced this present as well. On the next small occurrence, we have a small clock in the living room that needs winding up with a key. My dad used to wind it up one day, but couldn't find it anywhere. We searched anywhere that could have been drawers, cupboards, surfaces, nowhere. Until one day we're walking to the door to go and uh, walking to the car to go and do some shopping when I see something metallic on the ground. I pick it up and you wouldn't believe it, it was the key to the clock. Yeah. To this day we don't know how it was outside, but I'm pretty sure our spirit guest was trying to play a trick on us, trying to get our attention. A while after this I decided to buy an EVP recorder. For those that don't know what this is, it stands for Electronic Voice Phenomena, and it's basically a device that can capture the slightest sound in your surroundings. Not that I know anyone can depend on these for proper evidence, but it's important to the story. I bought one with the intention of going around the house trying to capture evidence of the spirit. I'd gone around a few homes of the house already with the recorder with no luck, so I tried the downstairs rooms, specifically the room that my stepmom's sister had her experience in. Before I started recording, I made sure the cats, all six of them at this point, were upstairs so there wouldn't be any interference. I placed the recorder on the bed and pressed record. I went about it like I had seen on TV shows, asking questions and pausing to allow a response. I didn't hear anything myself, but it didn't mean the recorder wouldn't pick something up. I asked a few questions at this point, so I was more being silent if anything happened. In this room, there's a picture hanging on one of the walls. I wasn't looking at it, but I sort of heard a knocking sound. It might seem like nothing, but I was very excited that I had captured it after all. I stopped the recording and listened back to it, and nothing apart from that knock. I immediately tried to debunk it. I went outside of the room to see if any of the cats were there. Nothing, but because they, they were still upstairs snoozing. I realized it could have been the picture on the wall, so I tapped it a lot of times in different ways to see if the sound matched. <laughs> it did. I was amazed. I played the recording to my dad and demonstrated the same sound as in the recording by tapping the picture frame. I don't know if he believed it, but I could see that he genuinely believed me and that I and that I think it disturbed his peace a little. Now the next one is the footsteps. So after the EVP recording, I solidly believed that something must be in the house. I just didn't know what was coming. My dad and stepmom had just picked me up from school. I'm about 15 at the time, and they said that they were going to visit the neighbors to catch up and have some tea. I decided not to go. No offense to the neighbors, but my dad and stepmom probably wouldn't escape for at least a few hours and I wasn't about that. So I went home and decided to watch some TV in the living room, just me and the cats chilling out for a while. I had hardly been in the house for a few minutes Flicking through the channels when I heard something upstairs, I couldn't believe my ears. It sounded like footsteps. At first, I checked to see if all the cats were in the room with me, which they were. I brushed it off and kept watching my program when it happened again. This time, I muted the television so I could hear it clear. These footsteps were walking up and down the hallway above me, but only shortly after I muted the television, they stopped. I unmuted the television, and they started again. This time, when I muted the television, the footsteps didn't stop, and I could hear them clear as day. The cats didn't seem too bothered, but I was deeply disturbed. It sounded exactly like someone was pacing the hallway over and over again. And then the next experience. That's spooky. Yes, and this is the last one. Did I free him? I've since moved out of that house, but I go back every now and again to visit or to cat sit. My most recent experience was over a year or so ago. I was cat sitting for my dad and stepmom who were there on holiday. A week with the cats in a house to myself. I could turn my amp up, sing around the house, plug my Xbox into the big TV, and basically have a little holiday of my own. I don't mind being in the house alone. It's more comfortable than, there's, than when there's other people there, and the cats are enough company for me. While I was there on this particular occasion, I decided to relive my ghost hunting days. I brought my EVP with me, and I planned on doing some more sessions. This time, I decided to do a session by the pond and the oak tree in the garden where he died. I've had a lot of years to think about the events of his death and the activity happening in the house. To this day, I wonder if he knew he was dead. Being electrocuted is so sudden that he might not have realized the true results of the incident. By this point, I've gathered a lot of knowledge to the paranormal and how people usually help spirits pass over, so I decided to help him in any way that I could. A few days into my stay, I went into the garden to the spot where he died to do an EVP session. I knew it would be more difficult to capture anything as there's lots of birds around this area, so... To eliminate background sound as much as possible, I made sure to do it around sunset. By my logic, this is when birds would be settling in for the night, but I don't know. I do the usual, introduce <laughs> myself, and start asking questions. I had previously asked him to show himself, but I decided not to do that this time. I was already quite freaked out by the idea I would capture a voice and then what would I do? I was home alone. I would still be home alone for a few days, but I'd know there's something there with me. And what if I captured something, something horrible? "'All of this was spinning around in my head "'while I stood there in silence. "'While he clearly didn't care about my feelings "'because I looked up at the trees "'and I saw a partial white figure walking through them. "'I know it wasn't mist or anything else "'because it went behind a tree "'and popped out the other side "'like a human walking behind it. "'From the height, it looked like "'it was the torso area of the person.' After this, I was stunned. I couldn't believe my eyes, and the horror film part of my mind was processing the fact that this figure could be walking down towards me, and I wouldn't even know. I did what I thought was best. I took a few steps back, and I thanked him for showing himself to me. I honestly felt blessed for that. I'm not religious, but I said the Lord's Prayer just in case he was. I then proceeded to talk to him. Whether he was still there or not, I don't know. I explained to him that he had died a long time ago, and that he should go to the light and be with his relatives who were waiting for him. I honestly had no idea if he heard me or listened to me. But after this event, I haven't experienced anything in that house. According to my stepmom, the atmosphere atmosphere feels better. I can only hope that I helped him move on. He shouldn't have to be trapped on this land. I definitely felt a seventeen-year-old chapter of my life had finally closed.
1: Wow! How crazy,
0: right? I just thought
1: that was that a really was a interesting whole, whole story. Movie you just read
0: me. Really, it really was, and I love how this person broke down the different parts and, into, like, kind of broader umbrellas of experiences that he had. Yeah. And that he never necessarily felt scared of this being, just, you know, scared of, like, the fact that there is something there and that he wanted yeah. closure for the spirit because it didn't seem that it wanted to harm him. It just seemed that, more than anything, the, the spirit was scared because it didn't know what was happening. Yeah. And it makes sense if it was the little boy that passed away, or not necessarily a little boy, but, you know, the younger man, um, because yeah. when you're electrocuted, it happens so suddenly. And I feel like that happens a lot with younger spirits because they expect to live a full life. And when their life's cut yeah. short, so abruptly, like they don't know what to do. So, yeah. So,
1: so abruptly, uh, so suddenly they don't have time to process and also think about the energy that's there. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. So,
0: uh, that I just wanted to end on cause it was, a, it was a super long one and I thought it was a very intriguing
1: one. It was really good. I was in it. Too. Right? I was like into that. Story. We got to get this
0: guy a movie deal. But, um, okay. So that concludes this episode of Just Ghoulie Things, the Quarantine yes. Spooky Story Special, episode 36. Thank you so much, Thanks, for listening. Um, let's go through all the socials unless you have something to add, Lil. Uh,
1: I just wanted to say stay safe from birds.
0: <laughs> Moral of the story always stay safe from because birds. They will
1: hold you hostage.
0: <laughs> with a gun to your head Oh my god They have like a little bandana over their mouths During quarantine Oh god Okay So on that note Let's go with the socials Follow us on Instagram At
1: Just Gully Thinks Podcast
0: Our personal Instagrams At Rebecca Ruber And
1: At Lily Baldessari Twitter JGT Podcast Facebook Like Page Just Gully Thinks Podcast Facebook Private Group just Ghouly Things Podcast Group. Donate to our Patreon. Just Ghouly Things Podcast.
0: And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience that they'd like to share on our show, feel free to email us at justghoulythingspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for Thanks. listening, Boo Thangs, and we will talk to Boo tomorrow. Goodbye. Goodbye.